Welcome to Backseat Confessions Podcast. Slide into the backseat as we listen to mostly anonymous strangers tell us stories from their lives. I'm a rideshare driver in Atlanta, and the people getting in my car have absolutely no idea I'm going to ask them to share. My commitment to you is to tell at least a snippet of virtually every story recorded in my car in the order they were told to me. My hope is that you laugh, cringe, cry, but mostly connect to these amazing people. You may find a piece of your own story or just feel more connected to the rest of us. Join us, won't you? So, hey, my new friend, this is an adult podcast. Themes and languages are Definitely not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, friend. What is shaking in your world right now? Well, I can tell you that after this ride, you'll either feel right at home and realize you're not the only one who has some wild and crazy things happen to them, or you'll feel better because your life is just so normal and unremarkable. Either way, we at BCP and the riders today are here for you. So, Hop aboard our cruise ship as we get comfortable, sip our beverage of choice, and listen in on what's going on in some of our brothers' and sisters' lives. to the races today with a story from a young lady that starts off making you think it's just gonna be a hot sex story and it is for a minute but then it takes a turn you just might not see coming story number 140 monday february 8th 2021 10 59 p.m So it was one time I was having sex with this guy, and now let me mind you, can I cuss? You can cuss, you can talk about any okay. subject you want. There's no rule. It's, it's an adult This podcast. man had the best dick ever. When I tell wow. you, like, the best dick ever, like... So, like... I mean, like, the best. Like, he fucked me like a slut. I don't know, like, wow. I'm yeah. not a slut. So yeah. it's like, okay, I really don't even like him like that. Yeah. But, but he just knew what he was, was doing. Just so, yeah. yeah. And it made me feel like, you know, you know what you're doing with everybody then because mm-hmm. I don't even like you like that. <laughs> so, so how did you end up in bed with him if you didn't like him? I was really more so just convinced because I let him give me some head when I was the first couple uh, nights I spent a night at his house, I wouldn't let him touch me. He's like, you know, being childish. You being lame. I'm like, well, I can leave. 
Yeah. And he didn't want me to leave, so uh, it was he, like, he, okay. He, he slow rolled you. Yeah, you know, he tried to play. Yep. And then he ate the cat, you know, and I'm like, oh. And he knew what he was doing, which that's always a good sign. Yeah, it was great. And, yeah, after I got the head, I didn't get the head, get the red and leave. I got the head, I got the dick, and then I wanted more. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not a city girl. So <laughs> then... You know, this one time we were having intense intercourse. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I felt so wrong. Anyways, and he was like hitting me from the back or whatever like that. Yep. And like, I did that. Okay, he was going so hard. Like, yeah. he was going so hard. Like, I wish I could give y'all a visual. It was like, imagine somebody like pounding something because they're so mad. I don't know why he was mad. He, I don't even know if he was mad. I think he was just new. How I like, you know, yep. whatever. Yep. So, yeah. But my stomach was hurting so bad because I was so drunk. I just came from the club and I shouldn't have known myself, basically. And he thought it was sexy. Like, no, I swear he thought it was sexy. He was like, you know what you just did? I was like, no, even though I did. I was yeah. like, in my head, I'm like, I do know what I just did. Let's just start crying now and later. Oh. And he's like, yeah, I made you shit. I'm like, oh, fuck no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Halloween! Wow. This is over. Like, that yeah, is so after amazing. that, we were pretty much done. That was right. So, was was it? Were you even having anal, or you were just having? No, we were having regular sex. Regular sex. Like, it was just like so was, much. Yeah, because I was like on my pounding. stomach. Yeah, and like yeah, I had yeah. My booty yeah. poked up with the little yep. arch in the back, yep. and it was like it was so much bigger than me. I'm tiny. I'm five yeah. two, at least six three. Yep. And he's like a most muscular nigga. He yep. was just like have, all his weight was pounding on me. My stomach was already hurting. I was drunk, and I yep. didn't really eat much. Yep. And it was just like I really had to use the bathroom anyways. Yep. And, it was just not good. It just <laughs> was one of those moments. You know, all of us have had embarrassing moments, though. That was, like, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, like, but he didn't think it was embarrassing, which was, like, ew. Like, it was, like, embarrassing slash disgusting because it was, like, ew. You think that's sexy? Like, how can you think that's sexy? I think that's the nastiest shit on earth like Aww. he thought it was cute so yeah I don't know, but no and, and and of course you never know everybody has different things but some of us are like like i'm that way with like periods like some guys freak out over periods and i'm just like hey it's a part of life right so you can have you can have intercourse on a period no no i'm not saying that like i go out of my way for intercourse on a period i'm just saying like in general talking about periods oh, sure. or right you know what i'm saying like it doesn't none of that bothers me and for some guys just to think about a period they're like oh that's so disgusting or if they see like the blood in the toilet or whatever yeah, they're just, like freak they're out childish right and i'm not i'm just like oh that's a part of, and the same way as uh, you know for a little bit of poop i mean like really like <laughs> come on like really like, right we all do it multiple times a day like i don't care who you are like you're not that special you know what i mean so anyways um but i love that you got a good story out of it and i love that you can giggle about it and um hey i'm glad that i, I am glad too that he was a decent enough guy where he didn't like you know make yeah, you feel bad because it's such a vulnerable bad, right because like, it's such a vulnerable moment i think i expected him to make me feel bad yeah. which is kudos to him that he didn't yeah like he didn't so yeah, but i didn't want to fuck with him no more after that because i just was disgusted by him i'm like yeah you're a fucking creep like <laughs> i don't know what's wrong with you you are weird wait you thought me. he was weird because he wasn't yeah. grossed out yeah, what I so did. here he was a stand-up guy <laughs> didn't make you feel like oh that's wrong <laughs> but in my eyes i'm like you're hella weird like anybody else will be like 
ill bitch you gotta get out like nope. even though my feelings would have been hurt about that yeah. i would expect it you know no. like Gosh, I don't know what to do with you now. See, we were vibing so good. I'm like, this girl's... And then she literally tossed a guy out. Now, I can just hear... Can you hear all the guys listening to this? They're like, this is what's wrong with girls today. Right? Oh, man. All right, well... But guys... Okay. He has other flaws. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, if he was, like, the perfect guy... Got it, There's no such thing as that. No, there isn't. just... Somebody that I could deal with on a romantic level, or I That's really true. liked him, it would be different. But being that I really never had feelings for him anyway, that makes anything sense. is kind of like yep. a turn off to me, right? Because you were, like, yeah, okay. So you weren't really there for the romance; you were purely yeah. there for the sex. And then when and something he, triggered it, that was kind of like your excuse to be like, you know what, this right. thing has run its course. We're done. Yeah, okay. and he's like, you know, and then I, my thing is about guys is guys get really attached to me. Yeah, and. I'm a cool person. I know that. And I yeah. love people yeah. or whatever. But I don't necessarily, I don't know how to always like say, you know, I really don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yep. Because I like to be around people and I like their vibes sometimes. Sure. And it's like, yeah, I know you like me, but yeah, we'll never fuck with each other. And I can, <laughs> if as long as I have control over that shit, we'll never fuck with each other. But I'll never say that. So it's kind of just like, well, I guess I play mind games. <laughs> I love your like backwards honesty like i play mind games i don't want to <laughs> deal with the confrontation i'm being honest I like a lot that. of people can't yeah no you're right there are a lot of people that don't have they don't like confrontation mm-hmm. and they they don't want to say the hard thing so they just kind of like fade off on you yeah i fade off and it's not more so like i don't i don't like confrontation only yeah. because i've always been confrontational mm. and it didn't really get me anywhere yeah good so it's like okay no i don't want to be confrontational anymore so i'm trying to avoid being confrontational a lot of people don't like what i have to say and even though it doesn't come from a, a hard mean or a bad place right with me saying it like that's not how i'm trying to say it but yeah people will take it that way because of how i said it or sure. i just expect everybody to have tough skin and yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not the case so no, i'm definitely just not. trying to be more realistic because i deal with people on a regular basis that's fair so <laughs> i would well. just rather not say anything and just leave it alone because if i do say something it'll hurt your feelings way more than me not saying anything honestly yeah we can okay. come back okay yeah from whatever if i as long as i don't open my mouth and yeah. get crazy sure we sure. can still be cool but as yep. soon as i go crazy nobody wants to fuck with me no more <laughs> they're like oh fuck no this bitch is crazy that's yeah. hilarious well ming it has been enlightening to say the least and thank you for sharing because i know that yeah yeah that took some bravery and (laughs) somebody out there is gonna be like oh my god that happened to me i can't believe there's another person on the planet yes right yeah you're never okay you're never alone you're never alone never it might be the craziest thing you're never the only never alone yeah no that's such a good point yeah don't ever feel ashamed don't be too embarrassed about anything life goes on regardless That's that's right yeah you're you're here and you're uh got a giant smile on your face and obviously having a good time in life so yes. anyways thank you for gracing our presence tonight. no thank you for having me oh my pleasure you have a great rest of your night and you be safe love thank you you too <laughs>
I mean, how in the world are you going to punish someone for treating you right? This is me shaking my head right now. One of the things I really love about this project is you can never predict what story will come next. I personally get really excited when we have several in a row that are very similar or when an episode takes on almost like a theme. But this next story, it's a bit like Whiplash from the last one. Get ready to go in a totally different direction. Story number 141. Wednesday, February 10th, 2021, 4.50 p.m. Well, as in October 2020, I contracted COVID-19. Yeah. Uh-huh. It started off with me just not being able to breathe very well at night. Right. I kind of had to prop myself up in the bed to sleep. Wow. And then after a while, it got worse, and it got to a place where I couldn't walk, I couldn't um, sleep, I couldn't breathe, oh, man. and it got really bad. And my son had to call the emergency room. He had oh. to, or not the emergency room, but 911. Jeez. And they took me to the hospital. Oh, wow, I'm so and sorry. And of course, they kept me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from October until uh, the beginning of December, I was in the hospital dealing with not being able to breathe was uh, the biggest thing. Yep. Um, but it wasn't too severe. It was just enough and yeah. not being able to walk. Yeah, that's so At the beginning of December, mm -hmm. they sent me to a rehab center. Okay, okay. I was in the rehab center for one week. Okay. And the rehab center sent me back to the hospital. Okay. Because my blood blood count had dropped down to four. Oh my god okay uh sorry i don't really know my way around medical stuff too much what is a normal person or a healthy person supposed to be at a normal uh blood count is between 11 and 12. oh wow so you were maybe a third of what you should be exactly i was amazed that i was still breathing even at four right um wow. so they took me to the hospital and once it took a while for them to get me a room it was around two in the morning when they finally got me a room okay and i'm in the room for the very first time and immediately i stopped breathing altogether oh no so the next thing i know there's a rush of doctors and nurses and all this equipment everybody's working on me and the next thing i know i'm in icu oh. i'm in a bed i'm surrounded by doctors and nurses on one side, they're hollering, or not hollering, but <laughs> right. telling me, you know, calm down. Right. And the other one's saying, just breathe easy. Take right. your time. And, you know, and I'm freaking out because well, I'm course. thinking, I can't breathe you can't and you're breathe. telling me to calm down. Yeah, this is like someone's you got know. a pillow over your head. And you're like, just calm down, just calm down. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So at one point, I felt like I was losing. Yeah. Oh, and I wow. felt like I was slipping away. And oh, in my, my heart, this is the only place I could do it, yeah. was in my heart, I started praying. Oh, wow. And I told God, I said, I'm not ready to die. Yeah. I'm not ready to go. You know, I, I really need your help here. Wow. And all of a sudden, it's like the, everybody in the room disappeared. 
I was in the room, but I was no longer in the bed. Wow. I was standing there by myself, and I remember looking up. And when I looked up, there was Jesus right in front of me. Oh, and he reached out, extended his hands to me, and I put my hands in his, and he pulled me close and put my head on his chest and held me. Oh. I felt love for the first time in my life like I've never felt in be before. Yeah. And he kept telling me over and over again, I've got you. Oh. It's okay. I've got you. Wow. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I've wow. got you. And I felt love. The love that I've been searching for all my life. I felt it. Wow. Like never before. Mm. I knew I was going to be okay. That's incredible. And he told me, he said, slow and steady wins the race. Oh, yeah. And when he said that, he said, just breathe slow and steady. Mm. Now, the nurse has been telling me this all along. <laughs> right. Didn't mean a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as soon as he said it, I was able to do it. Wow. Wow. And all of a sudden, I mm. could breathe. Wow. And it seemed like hours that he held me. Mm. Probably wasn't. Right. But it seemed like many hours wow. that he just held me close to his chest. That's amazing. And all I felt was love. That's the incredible. purest love I've ever heard felt in my entire life. That's amazing. And when he finally, after a, a little while, you know, it passed, suddenly I was back in the room. Yeah. The nurses and doctors were still there talking yeah. to me and putting machines on me and doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And I looked beyond them, and there stood Jesus. Oh. Now I was in the emergent or in the uh, ICU for yeah. seven days. Oh my gosh! And Jesus was right there with me the entire time. That's incredible. Nobody saw him but me. Right. But he promised me he would never leave me, and he did not. Wow. That's. And so he kept beautiful. telling me, "I got you. Hmm. I got you." Yeah. And it yeah. kept singing that song to me, the chorus of that song. Um, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Mm. He was there. I believe you. I he totally believe you. Yeah. That's incredible. Man, it's, uh, it's one of those things that when you're experiencing the darkest moment in your life and you feel like you're slipping away, it, yeah. it, it doesn't surprise me that that's when you felt Jesus the strongest. Like he yes. shows up to those that are in the deepest, like he's, it's like he's attracted to those that are in the most broken space. Exactly. Right? And exactly. That's when you feel the most. And I, and I know for in my own life, uh, some of the moments when I felt the presence of God, the absolute strongest was when I was in the worst spot, like emotionally or whatever. So man, that's incredible. But I love that you actually got to like, you actually had, uh, you saw him. Yes. And he stayed with me the whole seven days I was in the ICU. Wow. He That's stayed so right amazing. there. Because, you know, I'm always fascinated by near-death experiences. I, I uh, uh -huh. read or I listened to a whole book on it and absolutely fascinating. But... The near-death experiences go away for most people, of course, when they wake up. I don't know that I've ever heard somebody who had a near-death experience 
with God and then it actually continued after yeah. where they could still like see that's amazing yeah he never left me the whole time I was in ICU now after I left ICU I could still feel him right right I couldn't see him but I could feel him right which that's but, normal but gosh yeah. to be when you're in that spot to see but him but I saw him there wow <laughs> that's so amazing yeah well, Miss Paula, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know there are going to be be, uh, be people that are touched, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear other people that tell us a story about how God showed up for them in their deepest place of pain. Yes. You know? Yes. So thank you so much for sharing. You're more than welcome. This lady was so sincere and had that look that people have when they are deeply connected to the divine. I mentioned in the interview that I'm so interested in near-death experiences and stories like this, where people of faith get to experience radical God encounters and be comforted when they are in the hardest moments of their life. So grateful she was able to share this with all of us. Rider's story also includes some medical drama, but this time without the visions of Jesus. Story number 142. Thursday, February 11th, 2021, 9.17 p.m. Um, I'm getting married tomorrow, by the way. Congratulations. Out there. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Um, this is a story I often tell on first dates. I, I won't be having any more of those, so I'll tell it to <laughs> right. you all. Wonderful. Hearts are breaking across the nation oh, as yeah. they hear this news right now. I know. Mr. B is getting married. Mr. Um, B is off the market. So, so I was probably 14 years old, and my little brother was 12, and we were at a family reunion up in the woods in Colorado, and we had built some little wooden boats. Um, sorry, I'm getting a call here. Oh, yeah, do it. I can just pause it, so no, no sweat. Um, we had built some little wooden boats to sail down a stream or creek. Okay. And, um, you know, these were out of little two-by-fours with some sticks, and we probably attached some paper sails to it, and watching them go down the, the stream, and... Right. My brother and I were ch chasing them down the stream, and we were a good, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes away from our parents, um, or the, the large family reunion, mm -hmm. and um, my brother's boat got stuck, and I waded into the, the uh, it's not a stream, it's not a creek, it's, it's not a river, but it's, it's bigger than a, a stream or creek, rather. Okay. And... Um, I kind of put my leg up on on the other corridor of, of this creek, and uh, it slipped down. And I, when I went to pick up his boat that was stuck, and I tried to move my leg, and it wouldn't move. 
and I, I kept pulling on it and we're up in the mountains and so it's you know it's snow runoff it's cold water and yeah um, I'm, I'm pulling on it and I look down and I see this thing poking out the side of my calf like the skin is bulging <sighs> and I kind of let it slip and uh, this piece of metal shoots through my leg and so my leg was impaled on this stake it was a piece of rebar oh my god um, that was fastened into the bottom of this street uh, creek stream whatever we're calling it yeah. uh, and so I tell my my brother who's probably 12 and and a little about my brother is he's he's always been a crier and he's always been the <laughs> the boy who cries wolf as well oh, um, no. oh and no so he runs back to the family reunion and I'm standing there you know losing a lot of blood I think and yeah. in shock I can't get off of this thing and I'm thinking I'm going to lose my leg and oh, or I'm going to die or who <laughs> right, I, of course. you know I can't remember what I was thinking honestly but I just know it was uh, terrific um, right. and I guess my the, the way I know the story is that my brother went to try and get my parents' attention and they didn't believe him. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> and he manages manages to get my cousin, who is probably only sixteen or seventeen, <laughs> to come with him, but uh, I, I I it's very like my brother not to get my parents to come. Right. I'm like like <laughs> Uh, Mr. The one time C. in my life I needed you. Yeah, like, yeah. Come on. Um, but so my cousin comes and and he was a bigger guy and athletic and he. I don't know how long I was standing out there by myself. It couldn't have been more than half an hour. But oh my god, dude. Um, my cousin grabbed me by like assessed the situation and grabbed me by my knee and ankle and and was just like hey i'm i'm gonna take you off this thing and mm. didn't even give me a warning and just pulled my leg off this thing it, it wasn't coming out of the ground oh my god and he carried me back to the family reunion where when he was carrying me and and like kind of set me down on the ground like yeah a crowd rushed around and um I, you know, I wasn't really speaking. I think I was very much in shock. And they started cleaning off this, like, oh, got a, uh, Mr. B got a cut on his leg. And uh, they start cleaning it off. And um, I'm, like, pale in the face. And I turn my leg over. And they're like, oh, my God, something went through his leg. We need to get him to the hospital. And, you know, it was a good hour drive to the nearest hospital. And. The emergency room's a, a trip as well, where you kind of just sit there no matter right. yeah, yeah. what your issue is. Yeah. Um, but lo and behold, um, I had a piece of rebar shoot through my leg between my tibia and fibia, which oh are the two God. bones that make up your shin. It was like right in the fat of my calf, and it oh. struck that major artery, but it didn't sever it. Wow. They said it was... They said it, it was millimeters off, but it probably hit it, oh. and the artery was big enough to move out of the way. Oh, my God. But if, if you sever that artery, you're dead. Yeah, bye-bye. Um, in, in a matter of minutes. Right. Um, and so wow. 
um, they washed it out. I still have a cup of the rust that they washed out of it. And to heal, they actually kept a tube, like a rubber, a silicone rubber through my leg that came out on both sides for like a month to make sure no sepsis or any anything crazy like right. grew in there because it was a full wound through through oh my, my leg God. and um fortunately i i survived yeah my brother and i are, are uh still close okay. um i don't let him live that one down but right. now that we're adults um um i think he definitely learned how to alert people in a time of real need and <laughs> Um, I have some great scars because of it. So. Right? Yeah, that's true. How many people? How many people could say they've been impaled in a river? I mean, that's 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 a pretty slim crew. You're you're in some rarefied air, sir. Yeah. How many people can say they've been impaled and lived? That's true. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the whole. How many people can say? they've been impaled uh, is you have to live to talk about it but that that's amazing so and, and is this uh, brother going to be at the wedding he sure will be um, he's, he's required to give a toast I, I would I'm very curious um, what Mr. C will have to say yeah and uh, yeah it should be a good time absolutely that, well that's my my back back cab confession back cab confession love it thank you so much for sharing mr b i appreciate it absolutely thank you so here's to not crying wolf too many times to scars that don't alter your life too badly but make for great stories and for being taken off the market so that you no longer have to share said stories on first dates anymore Best of luck to you, sir. This next young lady starts us off on a message that could be labeled to be about personal empowerment. But because it gets my wheels turning, we end up also talking about what it is to be black in America. Story number 143. Thursday, February 11th, 2021, 9.43 p.m. I just started doing... Um like modeling i guess yeah. full not on a full more on a full-time yeah. schedule like i was doing it here and there and then i just really decided to pick it up um and since then like it's been really dope because i have a really unique look um yeah. and like you know i was real shy when i started but yeah. like i noticed like all these doors opening just based on just my look and just like being who i was like yeah um the f quick story i was in this video shoot there were three other girls three other models yep. um and they were all like light skin and had curly hair right and i'm dark skin and i have short curly hair and they yeah. had like the same length hair or whatever and like i remember feeling like they, they were really trying to like make me feel you know like the oddball out and i could feel that Aww. um and i felt like that before just being amongst people when I'm the outsider or whatever so mm -hmm. you know whatever but you know it's not a cool feeling so I was no. really feeling shitty about it low-key yeah and I was like damn like 
these bitches really not fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I just kept, like, just doing my thing. I was like, I'm not there to be friends with bitches. I'm just yeah. there to, you know, just do my part and call it a day. Yeah. And, but they were still, like, really trying to, like, exclude me and shit. And I could feel that. And so, like, I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm about to go home. Like, fuck it. I, yeah. I've, I've gotten enough camera time, I guess. Like, I'm just go home. Like. I'm over this, right? Yeah. And, um, like, right when I was about to leave, the director of the video was like, wait, 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 Crown, can you come back? Can you come back? We need you in this car. Uh-huh. And there was a there was a two-seater um, BMW, like, really nice with butterfly doors, like, the whole nine. And they were like, we need you in the car. And I was like, me? me? Like, uh-huh. just me? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, so I went inside in the car, and they were like, yeah, yeah, we, we need a you. And then you, the rapper is going to be right next to you. Um, and somebody opened the door for her. Open the Like, they just uh-huh. treated me like royalty at that point. And not, you know, not that I deserved any of that, but just, like, the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, I felt like, damn, like, I really feel shitty about myself because these girls were, mm-hmm. you know, doing whatever. And then, like, how the director called me out and was like, no, uh-huh. we want you. I was like, oh, my gosh. I like, love that. I yes. love it so much. Yeah, and there's definitely going to be somebody out there that hears you yeah. that isn't feeling traditionally beautiful yeah, in some yeah. way, right, and mm-hmm. maybe feels looked down on. And what a beautiful win. That's incredible. And and I can tell, and I mean this, like you've got a really amazing heart. And my <laughs> guess is, too, that you're also a really creative person. Yes. You give that yes. off big yes. time. Yeah. Um, so definitely. I love that the the people who maybe think that they're the you know Mm -hmm. more classically whatever um didn't get picked for that special part and i hope i hope that you learn that as a life lesson definitely and and you know what honestly like just being and and this is me being vulnerable now like just being a black woman in this world like you're gonna get i'm gonna get a lot of and dark skin as well like yes yes. i'm I'm gonna have a lot of moments where you know i feel inferior yes um just because of my skin color and i have had so many moments where i have felt that way um and i've had to find ways to just kind of you know reassure myself that you know i'm just reassure myself just constantly reassure myself of myself because you know i know what my value is and all that stuff but yeah. it can be intimidating you know yeah, when yeah. you're the eyeball out so quote unquote so um yeah so it, that's it was su- a real that's super lesson. cool and i do feel like and of course i'm on the outside of this so these mm-hmm. are my observations and mm-hmm. feel re- very free to shoot them down two things i observe is i've noticed the black community has policed itself in terms of or not police itself but has judged darker skinned as like not as good as lighter skins. That's what my black, black friends have told me. Yeah. Like, they're like, hey, if the darker we are, we judge each other. But, so, I, I know that there's that whole thing kind of going on. But at the same time, uh, I've been noticing in different media outlets and whatever, certain models mm-hmm. have been rising to the top mm-hmm. that are the really dark. Like, yeah. you know, like, dark, like, African dark, dark, dark. Mm-hmm. And... I love it because it is yeah. it's it's such an amazing look. Anyway, yeah. so I I think not you know I think things are changing slowly and uh, I'm excited and I think that all of us white black or otherwise are yeah. becoming more appreciative yeah. of that dark look. So I yeah. mean I just, just really just being black in general um to and this is like just being black in general you know is rough being in this world whether you're light-skinned dark-skinned doesn't matter like you're black so you know you're already (laughs) you're already behind in the race according to the rest of society so Mm -hmm. you know you have to find ways as a black woman as a black man you have to find ways to empower yourself um, and empower each other because the white community is not going to do it until they see us doing it with each other so yeah and that's 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 actually a good point too Mm -hmm. i think i think you're right and i'm 
not that it has anything to do with anything, but I am super excited right now. I feel like there are more and more authentic, healthy, good voices in the black community lifting the black community up. Mm-hmm. And I, so I, again, from the outside, I feel like I can see things starting to go in a more positive direction. D- does that ring with you at all? Or are you, how do you feel about that? Cause I, I feel like there's some good black leaders starting to step up now. <laughs> I mean, I think we've always had great black leaders. Yeah. Um, and I think that definitely, I think there's always a wave of black leaders, um, who are who are fitting for the time we're in and yeah. who know how to handle you know the situations that we're in as black people mm-hmm. and who know how to lead so yeah. I don't I don't ever think we have weak black leaders like because again as black people we're yeah. already a race, behind in the race so yeah. everything that we're doing you know we're trying to do it to get out of from behind yeah. you know what I mean yeah. so at yeah. the end of the day like every black leader who has attempted to be a black leader has mm-hmm. been an amazing black leader because mm-hmm. you know they're leading blind honestly and it's like yeah, that's a um, cool, that's a that's a actually a cool. And in their yeah. in their own way, you know, they they're they're amazing <laughs> leaders, and so and there's so many leaders who are underground who people don't even know yet, like yeah. me, like me, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, who are just doing things in in our own personal communities, yes. you know, which will ultimately be seen by the world. But right now, it's not about that. It's about you know just pushing us forward yeah. in the little ways that we can. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I'm done. <laughs> Crown, thank you so much. You're <laughs> thank amazing. Thank you. Nice meeting you. First of all, her wrestling with feeling like an outsider, and especially in the world of modeling, feeling like she was being looked down on for her appearance, is one that I feel resonates with a lot of us. It's funny, but most of the time when you talk to people who you would think are at the top of the modeling or beauty world, they still feel like outsiders and like they are not accepted as much as others. So. It shows that this is a very human feeling and condition. I'm proud of Crown, though, that she didn't let the mean girls get her down and that she stuck around to then be elevated by others who saw her unique beauty and wanted that for the shoot they were in. As far as the rest of the conversation about being black in America, I feel like I could go down a thousand different roads and this just isn't the right platform for it, and I'm not black, so I'll let her words stand for now, as they are, without trying to add too many of my own. of surprises me that it has taken 144 stories to finally get one that touches on aliens. We get a lot of supernatural stories, but this is the first of the alien kind. Story number 144. Friday, February 12th, 2021, 12.49 a.m. Alright, so one time I was driving on 285, going through Spaghetti Junction. Yep. And I was a lot younger. I was, I think, 21 years old. Okay. And out of nowhere, I see this huge triangle in the sky. I mean, the size of a Walmart. Wait, what? Yeah. 
and I think it was a UFO. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Holy cow. But I was so surprised, and in these times, we didn't, like, I didn't have an iPhone. I had a flip phone. Yeah. So I thought to myself, you know, this is going to be all over the news. Yeah. Let me just get home and turn on the TV and see what's going on. Right. So it was humongous. It had very bright lights. It had, like, nine huge lights on it. Dude, wait. And was this at night or in the at daytime? This was during the daytime. I was on my way back home from work, going towards Sandy Springs. Yeah, and then how like how high up would you, if you had to estimate? Like, I'd say about the same as an airplane, but it was just huge, like one of those buildings you see, like straight ahead right now. Wow. Yeah, and it just like humongous in the sky, triangular shape perfectly, and I was so amazed. <laughs> I. So I was going to stop and take a picture, but I was just like, let me just get home because right. everyone saw this. Yeah. And when I got home, I told everyone, I turned on TV, nothing yeah. was on, no, it was no big deal. Uh, the next day, I told my boss, he didn't believe me, so he Googled it, and he saw there were multiple sightings that same day of the same Seriously. thing I saw. Oh, yeah. my God. And that's how I, I was so amazed how, why? Yeah. Yes, like doesn't make any sense. What would did um, did anybody from like an official point of view give any kind of like answer as to what the hell it was? Or? No, there were supposedly multiple calls to nine one one reporting it, um, and I just remember that he showed me that, and he didn't believe me until the moment he saw that. Wow, that is nuts. And like so, before or after, have you seen anything that would be like? A UFO type thing, or was that never like, again? So that was just like this one moment, this one dude. time that I was just like, "Wow, wow, that is actually really freaking cool." It was the size of a cloud, like a huge cloud in the sky. It was, it was so big, it was just like, like there's no way, you know, people miss that. That is nuts, bro. Like, yeah. and I know, I mean, it, it, there, there's you're not an expert necessarily or whatever, but like, did it? Would you guess it was like a military thing or like? It, do you, do I really think it was just something that we that's beyond our okay okay capability. Yeah, yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. Like, is this something that like a DARPA could have come up with, or is this way beyond? Yeah, I believe it's from another planet. It was just something way too incredible. Wow, that is either the someone that's controlling us or something. Wow, yeah, that's pretty baller that you got a chance to see that though, man. Yeah, that's no, it was amazing. Crazy. Yeah. So a little bit mind-blowing because never seen anything like that again. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, Mr. Z, thank you so much for your story, man. That's incredible. Most definitely. Anytime. Thank you. This is another one of those subjects that we all have our own opinions on. Where do you land on the subject of aliens? I think there's a sliding scale, and it would start from... There is absolutely no such thing as conscious life outside our planet. And on the other side of, yes, there absolutely is intelligent life on other planets. No matter where you land, though, when scores or even hundreds of people see the exact same phenomena, there has to be something going on. I don't, for one, subscribe to the mass delusion idea where tons of people that have never met all describing the same thing, are somehow having a shared delusion. There is definitely some other answer, and that will be another one of those life mysteries that I'm sure we'll be talking about and debating for many years to come.
So, our last rider today definitely brings us back to very real and earthly challenges. She talks about one of the biggest decisions a young mother will ever have to make. Story number 145. Friday, February 12th, 2021, 11.51 p.m. What's up, guys? So, <laughs> this story is going to be for the young ladies who might find themselves in a bind and don't really know what to do. Oh, nice. So, my story. Yes. I was about 20 years old in college. Grades were flourishing, by the way. I mean, I ain't no dummy, okay? Right. Had the amazing bees, okay? <laughs> I love it. Um... But I did get a little distracted in college. Um, one of my good friends, um, who shall remain nameless. Right, or we can change <laughs> his or her name. Um, he and I got very close. And oh, yeah. um, I remember it was one summer. We ended up getting pretty intimate with one another. Yeah. And um, I actually got pregnant. Oh, yeah, yeah. So through that, it was, it was quite hard. Yeah, I can imagine. He actually didn't want any claims to me or the child. And it just became very, very tough to handle that situation. Yeah. It was hard because, you know, for a guy, you know, they can kind of just go on with their lives and kind of like pretend like nothing happened. But with a young lady, they're kind of like stuck. You know, they they have a decision to make. Like, do I continue on with this? thing that's going inside of me that's becoming a person do i you know end it what do i do right for me ultimately like the choice was life and i decided to go on with it yeah and it took a lot of you know counseling i actually was in church at the time talked to like my pastor at the church because he and i were very close you know like he was a very good man and still a good man to this day yeah and i felt very comfortable confiding in him even before my parents which is crazy yeah, that's huge. Uh, yeah. That's, thankfully, you had people you trusted, too, right? Because, I mean, right. that's got to be, like, one of the most, like, like one of the most gut-wrenching decisions, it, like, in life that you could ever come up against. It's listen, brutal. I mean, like, for the young lady, I mean, like, they're literally every day, you know, they're growing, they're stretching, their bodies are changing, they have no idea what's going on, right. they're scared. right. And it's like, it's nice that I was able to talk to um, those people at that time, my pastor. Yeah. So he actually helped me bring the news to my parents a couple days later. Oh, yeah. And um, of course, like emotions were everywhere. You know, my father, he's kind of like a hothead. So he reacted out of anger. He said some things that weren't the very best to thing to say at that time my mother she was just distraught she's like why couldn't you come to me first you know Mm. you know I thought that we had a better relationship than this you know I was just like mommy it was so hard to see your face even Mm. now and I just felt like I needed the extra support because I just I love you too much to disappoint you wow so Months passed by. My parents are both on board, by the way. I mean, like, of course, after all the fireworks and emotions, <laughs> they just want the best for me. Of so, course. yeah. Mom, she had even offered to leave her job, actually, at one point. She was going to leave her job and become, like, a full-time nanny wow. for my child. Wow, wow, wow. 
now bear in mind I actually have two siblings I have a brother that's younger than me actually I have two brothers that's younger than me I'm the eldest okay okay um but the baby is nine years younger than I am so yeah yeah yeah. big gap (laughs) right so you know I just was thinking of him and how my parents are going to have to you know look out for him and you know like put him through college and you know the whole nine yards so i'm just like mommy don't do that yeah you know i'm sure that there's another way there has to be another way yeah also bear in mind my um daughter's father did not want to be in her life right right so you know that it's either you on your own or you and your parents on your own right and i didn't want to put anybody out of their way even if they were willing 100 percent to go out of their way for me I just couldn't bear the guilt and live with that. So, eventually, my decision was to put her up for adoption. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that process in itself was very nerve-wracking, but my parents seemed to be on board, and they actually helped me with that process. Wow. That's so amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, because they ask me every day, like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Like, you know we got you. We're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, mommy, please, just, I feel like I've prayed and meditated on this decision long enough, and I'm finally at peace with it. Yeah. This is what needs to happen. I just have a good feeling. I finally came across a good family that I felt comfortable with. Okay. Now, mind you, I'm black. Yes. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That was a joke. Sorry, that was so stupid. <laughs> no, but it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. But for the for the listener, that's important. I was just yeah. sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah. So my parents are both from Jamaica. Okay. And um, that's just my background. Yeah. Um, the family that I chose for her to live with are both white. Like okay. white as snow, and white they're just so like white they're as just I am. so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> So, like, they were, they were the cutest couple, though, and Aww. I read their file. They actually had adopted a little boy before um, wanting to adopt again. Yeah. And he was already about two years old. Okay. He's the sweetest little thing. Aww. My God. Oh my I haven't God. actually met him, but, I mean, like, I see the videos and pictures. Oh. Right. So, yeah, that's another thing. Um, the, de- the adoption, you know, went through. Everything was fine. They met me at the hospital when I was giving birth. My mom was there. The adoptive parents were there, and they were just as sweet as I thought they were going to be. Oh, my goodness. And we, I honestly had a genuine instant connection. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Wow, I mean, like, there were so many emotions in that room. I mean, like, tears of joy were just flowing from every oh. corner. From me to the nurses to my mother and the adoptive parents. Everybody was just... That is actually beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I was actually cracking jokes while delivering this girl. Wow. It's like, I don't know what kind of mood I was in, but right. I felt like such a peace was over me. Yes, yes. And I feel like that peace could only come from knowing that you're doing the right thing. That's right. I, uh, 100%, yeah. And I knew I was doing the right thing because everything I could not give to her, she was going to receive from her adoptive parents. Yeah. Because even though I love her with all my heart, I had to love her enough to yep. let her go. Yep. So that she could have opportunities that I couldn't provide for her at yep. that time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. God, that is so freaking beautiful. I um I I don't have the whatever it is, the desire and all the other stuff it takes to do adoption. But I've always thought people that do adopt i think they're they're just such heroes and i hate that the american system for adoption is so freaking challenging and mm-hmm. expensive it's crazy right it's crazy it's so stupid um but uh of course in your case it's just like when someone does make that decision um 
it is so challenging mm-hmm. to think of like carrying the baby all the way full term and then handing over. But um, I love that you you were so dedicated to the child and then also just honest with yourself where you're like, you know what? This is the best thing. You said for her, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, okay. So, are you still able to stay in her life or was part of your deal just to hand her over and, and stay at a distance until she's older? So, what I have is a semi-open adoption. Oh, okay. So, that basically means that I still get updates. I get pictures, videos. Yep. I'm actually in contact with the mother. So, like, I can um, receive, like, messages from where I get, you know, these cute little updates, you know, just saying, like, oh, my God, you'll never believe what she did today. Oh. Like, it's the best. It's and it, it really does make me feel even that much more secure in my decision. Yes. Because not everybody working. gets that. Yeah, I don't no. know if there's even there's some young ladies that may not even want that. Right, you know? uh, for sure, yeah. Because you never be know, yeah, well. you never know where people's heads are at. But mm-hmm. for me, I think that's the most comforting. Gosh, thing. yeah, I love that so much. That is beautiful. Yeah, adoption is the, the whole that whole thing is amazing. And I don't know. So with a couple, were they just not able to have their own kids, or what? Do you know what their situation was about? What what drew them to adoption? I thought that. It was the reason that they can't have kids. Okay. I'm not even 100% sure now. Because it's funny. Um, I was going through some old emails and I came across like their file again. And yeah. I was reading it again. And I was just like, oh my God, I love these people. <laughs> but um, I, it didn't say anywhere okay. in there that they could not have kids. Right. I think it was just like their hearts led them to yeah. adopt. Amazing. And that's where they've been at. Gosh, that is such an incredible story. Well, um, Jessica, I'm so proud of you. You're an incredible woman. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, every bite of that story uh, literally warms me. So thank you so much for sharing too. No, oh, it's no problem. Yeah. And I do, I do hope and pray that some young lady, uh, if they're kind of in a situation similar that it, your story gives them strength or encouragement or, you know, whatever, whatever that is. So that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I hope yeah. that this story brings is some type of hope and encouragement, you know, yeah some type of guidance right if anything yeah yeah no brilliant thank you so much thank you everything about her story is so real and she was so vulnerable and transparent about the whole process she is also so fortunate to have great supportive parents and to have been able to find the right couple to take care of her little angel. Truly, truly beautiful story right here. up with a theme for this week's adventures, I'd have to go with the realness of life or something along those lines, because these stories are all over the place today, but represent the wide range of what this human experience can hold. We have pooping during sex, an extraordinary encounter with Jesus, a pretty vicious wound, being proud of and comfortable with your looks seeing an alien craft, and giving up your child for adoption so they can have the life you just can't give them. 
I think the lesson that I'm learning from these folks today is that no matter what life throws at you, to approach it with as much humility and humor as possible. Us being human is this crazy balance of realizing all of our many weaknesses and limitations, while at the same time recognizing just how remarkable we are created to be in the grand scheme of things. Blessings on you till we meet again, my friend. This is what happens when you are a rideshare driver in Atlanta and ask people for their stories. These weren't handpicked people with great stories. They just happened to get in my car and be gracious enough to share with all of us. And who knows, maybe someday you'll be in Atlanta and need to grab a rideshare and end up telling the rest of us the next great story on BCP. I'd actually encourage you to, every so often, just ask a stranger to share a story from their life. You never know what you might learn. I believe that our stories are powerful. They can make you laugh, cringe, cry, or even get you to think or feel differently. Our stories can truly make this world a little bit better place. So please, Subscribe, rate, and listen to this podcast and share it with as many adults as possible. It would mean so, so much to me. First and foremost, I want to thank the incredible writers who trusted me with your stories. You're my heroes. Thanks also to all the people in the background who have believed in this project slash dream. All of the music on this podcast was found on pixabay.com and it was free, which is an amazing gift when you're starting a podcast on a shoestring budget.